Welcome to The Dad Presents. Make sure you're following the show wherever you're listening. And wherever you are out in the world, spread that love and liberty. Let's go. Hi, my name is Matt. My pronouns are she, he, and it. Or the shit. I am the big boy seated at the desk wearing the charcoal black shirt. I am speaking into a microphone, and I am altering my voice to sound more masculine. This is The Dad Presents. Um, I am Kamala Harris. My pronouns are she and her. I am a woman sitting at the table wearing a blue suit. And um... So guys, even though YouTube took down the last episode after, it was only up for like an hour, it's still up on Spotify, so please go check it out there. Make sure you're subscribed if you haven't done that already. Now, since the episode, I, I keep, I, I've been thinking about it a lot. I've been thinking about the things Clay said, and it actually kept me up last night. And what kept me up was some of the religion stuff. I've been surrounded by religion my whole life, and I'm definitely not bitter about spending my teen years chasing Jesus instead of chasing Claudia, Kathy, and Kamel but I do have some issues with all the religion stuff. I do. I have some issues with it. And here's what keeps me up. Okay. Nothing against religion. I think religion is great. I think people need religion, but here's what keeps me up regarding religion. All three Abrahamic religions, Christianity, Judaism, Islam, they're all very similar in their dogma, right? Their, their dogma, their preachings. It's all very, very, very similar, but they differ completely on one big thing. Jesus theory. All of them seem to believe that I have to believe their particular Jesus story in order to get into heaven. I got to pick the right one. We got three different versions of Jesus. I got to pick the right one, even though all of them were written 2000 years ago by some guy I don't know and can't possibly trust, right? So there's three Jesus versions. Pick the correct one or burn in a pit of fire forever. Pretty serious consequences. Now, look. This is, this is the, the thing about that. Like, I don't trust everything my wife says, and I can literally see the words coming out of her mouth in real time. And I, I love this woman. I love her enough to have children with her. I love her enough to let her spend all my money, right? I love her dearly, but I still don't trust everything she says, but I got to trust some random words written by some random stranger 2000 years ago who I couldn't possibly know writing about a guy who supposedly walked on water and raised people from the dead. I got to just blindly believe that. Now, look, I'm not saying it did or didn't happen. Maybe it did. Maybe it did. Okay. I don't know. What I'm saying is I don't know. I couldn't possibly know. And it seems like you're asking a lot of me, right? Like back in, back in elementary school, I used to be a big Santa guy. My parents told me Santa was real and I believed it because my parents told the truth. And then in the fifth grade, and I know I've told this story before, someone was trying to tell me Santa wasn't real. So what did I do? I defended Santa's honor, just like I would have defended Jesus's honor. I got in a fight at school in fifth grade and I got sent home. I was very proud of myself. I was proud of myself for standing up for truth. Then I got home and I guess what? I found out Santa wasn't real. I found out I got in a fight and got kicked out of school and Santa wasn't even real. I was living a lie. So what if I spend my whole life, right? I spend every waking moment 
worshiping Jesus. And, and, then, and then one night, the bride gets mad at me because for the 15 millionth time, I've fried up some bacon and I left the stove. I've left the frying pan on the stove without cleaning it, right? She loses her temper. And I tell her, I tell her, hun, Jesus says we got to forgive. She loses her temper even more. She gets mad. She knocks me upside the head with the frying pan. I drop dead immediately. My spirit leaves my body. I ascend to the pearly gates, but I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of myself for being a Jesus guy and for, for spreading the word about Jesus and standing up for Jesus. And I get there and St. Peter is like, nah, man, sorry. The Jews had it right. Jesus was just a preacher. Sorry, man. And he presses the button. He pulls the lever, whatever. And I'm taking Satan's fire dagger to the butthole for eternity because I picked the wrong Jesus story. That would suck. Right. So that's the problem I have. All these religions seem to think they have it nailed down. They have the truth. And if you don't have the truth, you're going to take Satan's fire prick for eternity. That doesn't seem fair to expect a bunch of people to pick a story and live their life according to it. OK, that is not to say religion is bad because I don't believe that. I think society needs rules. I think society I think people need something to look to. I think we need explanations for what happens after we die and how we got here, et cetera, et cetera. Now, Clay said, for humanity to save itself, we need to get right with Jesus. I'm going to second that motion, but add an addendum. Get right with your God, whomever you think that is. And most religions teach core human principles of loving thyself and loving thy neighbor. Do that. Do that. Love yourself. Love your neighbor. Jesus said, love thy neighbor, love your neighbor, be good to your neighbor, and it'll be a better world if we all do that. If we all love thy neighbor, it'll be a better world. It'll be a great world. And if there's a heaven and a hell, then I'm betting those of us who choose to love thy neighbor, regardless of which Jesus story we pick, I'm guessing those of us will get past the red velvet rope into heaven and we can avoid Satan's fire dick. All right? So that's on the last show. In case you missed it, go back, check it out. It was interesting. Clay, Clay is an interesting cat, man. He's interesting, dude. I don't know what to make of the things that he says, but like I said, do your own research. This podcast today, this is going to be a little bit different than what you're used to because today we're hanging out with Buck Angel. Buck MF and Angel. Buck is a transgender fella who's done a teensy-weensy bit of porn. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure that a portion of the Dad Presents audience is going to say, Matt, why the frig are you having on a transgender porn dude? Hey, man, that's a valid question. That is a fair question, a show that Dad Presents where we like to talk about family values. Why am I having on a porn guy, a transgender porn guy? Well, the answer is because I want to. I want to, and regardless of how you feel about this gender stuff or porn stuff, it's now a part of the zeitgeist. It's a part of the zeitgeist. You cannot escape it. So we got to talk about it. And right now with the subject of transgenderism, there's not really much talking about it. It's everywhere. It's being talked about, but there's no conversation. It's just a lot of pointing, finger pointing and blaming and shouting at each other. Not a lot of conversation. Well, Buck and I are going to talk like civilized gentleman to civilized trans gentleman. Okay. It's going to be epic. We're going to talk. 
because ignoring realities in the world does not make those realities go away. Hmm, Joe Biden? Hmm, you can't just pretend there's no recession and then there's no recession. Things exist, they exist. So we're going to confront those things that exist. Transgenderism exists. It's in our schools. We're going to talk about it. Anyway, you guys, Buck is undeniably interesting. He's undeniably interesting. Regardless of what you think about this stuff, you will be interested. And, and I like having interesting discussions. So we're going to dig into this. So if you guys are already clutching your pearls right now and you're all worked up in a hot, hot sweat, right? Well, you know, go pray to whichever one of those three Abrahamic gods you believe in. Take care of your soul. Come back next week. I'll still love you. You sit this one out. It's totally fine. But if you stay tuned in today, I promise you, at the very least, your thinking is going to be challenged. And that's a good thing, man. And now we're going to have a word from our sponsor. Guys, we landed a new sponsor. We got a second sponsor. We are making that bank, making that paper, like my black friends like to say. Zelensky Labs is now sponsoring the Dad Presents. And you can get their wonderful immune support products for 15% off by going to brought to you by Old Faithful, expressvpn.com slash the dad. And guys, I don't know what more to say. If you, if you have not already hit up ExpressVPN at this point, I don't know what to say to you. If you're not interested in three free months to protect your computers from all the creeps who want to spy on you and know where you and your children have been going online and in the real world, well, guess what? You don't love your children. I don't think you love your children if you're not trying to protect them from them creeps. I'm kidding. That's a rude thing to say. I know you love your kids, but you got to protect them. You don't want these creeps spying on them, knowing what they're Googling, targeting them with shit they don't need. Then they're coming to you and they want you to buy them this, that, and the other thing because of these targeted ads that are being targeted because you didn't block their VPN. So get it. ExpressVPN.com slash the dad for three free months. Now let's get into some buck. Okay, Buck Angel is a female to male trans actor, and he's the founder of Buck Angel Entertainment. He was on the board for the Woodhall Freedom Foundation, fighting for sexual freedom as a human right. He's been a prominent voice in the trans community for decades. Buck, thanks so much for coming on the show. How are I you? Am. Oh, thank you, friend. I, I'm super excited to talk to you. I, I appreciate you giving me a platform to have conversation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th this is going to be a different kind of one for us, and, and I'm excited about it. So, um. I, I just want to let you know that the, the subject fascinates me um, coming from a libertarian angle. It's, it's always fascinated me. Um, and I'm probably going to ask you all kinds of borderline inappropriate questions. I don't know. So <laughs> if I, Those are my favorite. Don't try. <laughs> so if I, if I cross the line or something, let me know. But it all comes from a genuine desire to understand and learn. Um, so with that, you know, I think you transitioned before, before it was like a hip thing to do before it was in the public consciousness, something like 30 years ago. Yeah. Um, yes, sir. 30 years ago. All right. So when you were struggling with your identity as a teen, um, you might even be a little older than me. I'm not sure. Like back in the eighties, maybe <laughs> did you even know there were trans people out yeah. about in the world? Like where, where did you turn for guidance yeah. for some understanding? Yeah, thank you, friend. So I'm 60 and I transitioned 30 years ago. So yeah, I grew up in the 60s and 70s. And so when I was in high school in the 70s, 
and pretty much dealing a lot more with it. When I was a youngster, I was just a tomboy and everything's chill when you're a kid. It's when you become sort sort of sort of becoming an adult where things become more obvious to you. So during high school, I struggled, man. You know, I, I was a butch female and it was difficult in the 70s. People it wasn't even lesbians, really. I mean, they were in hiding. So there was nothing. No one talked about transitioning. That was just not even in the consciousness, or I right. never even knew that I could actually live this way. I had no idea. I just thought I was going to have to struggle on some level. I didn't even know. Honestly, I didn't know. I didn't know I was a transsexual person. I had no idea what was wrong with nobody did. Everyone just kept saying you're a very butch woman. Okay. So how did, how did you figure it out? How did you Mm. find a pathway to it? Was there, Mm. was there someone who came into your life or what was it? Well, I struggled and I went to a lot of therapy and the therapy just kept pretty much putting me into the gay woman space, which isn't, I'm a, I don't want people to think that's bad. It wasn't, it was actually a great experience for me to experience living in that space, but it wasn't, I just knew I wasn't supposed to be there. I don't know how to explain it other than you sort of know something's weird in your life, or I don't, can't really give you an, an, uh, an example with you, but I just knew just, you know, but then every time I would tell people, even my therapist, they would just be like knocking it down. Like, well, you know, you have to just accept that you're a female and you have to figure out how to work that. And so it wasn't until I actually finally found a therapist who who really acknowledged that I felt like a man and she didn't know what to do. And she said to me, well, well let's try to figure out how we can make this happen. I mean, that's a great therapist because yeah. she, then she took me through two years of therapy before we even acknowledged getting any kind of medication and, you know, pretty much really trying to figure it out. And that's why I really do think today I have a really grounded space because I took the time to figure this out. Yeah. Um, it seems to me there's a, a real healthy sweet spot there for like a therapist who will listen to you and consider the possibility that you you might be happier as the other gender or that you might just be a a gay child. Like it seems like yeah. back then nobody knew anything about trans, so nobody was pushing that. And now it feels like any kid who like any any girl who wants to play sports. They they want to they want to have them identify as trans. Um, so I, I, I've always been open to this stuff. I, I met my first trans person out here in L.A. like 20 years ago. I was fascinated then. I'm still fascinated um, where I have a problem with it. You know, the show is called The Dad Presents mm-hmm. is when they start promoting this kind of stuff to impressionable children like Los Angeles is now promoting trans affirming stuff in kindergarten, kindergarten kids they're they're idiots they're they're just they're idiots they're, <laughs> they're like true. puppies right that's right yeah nickelodeon has this new disney movie with a character <laughs> who introduces herself with her pronouns they them you got kamala harris introducing herself to world leaders yeah. as she her and i wear a blue suit it it's silly so i feel it's silly what do you make of the way this stuff is being put upon the children as well as all the pronoun stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm in a very difficult space because, you know, clearly trans people exist and clearly there's people who have this dysphoric space. Now, that being said, I'm not, I'm pretty much going to tell you that I don't think a kindergartner or even a third grader knows exactly. I mean, I can tell you, I felt like a boy. I said that, you know, I, I dressed like a boy. I played like a boy and, and I did all those things, but, but I think I didn't have that, that situation being put in front of my face. It was just natural. Right. And, and I grew up on some level like a boy and everyone was totally chill with it. I didn't have mm-hmm. any problems as a, in a child at all. So all the guys played with me. They loved me because I was really great in sports. <laughs> and I was 
was a great skateboarder. So all the dudes wanted me on their team. So, so that being said, today, I do not necessarily agree with everything you said. I don't think we need to be teaching gender. Uh, and it is an ideology on some level. And I don't think we need to be teaching pronouns. We don't need to be teaching. It's a very, very small small percentage of the population that is transgender. It is not as huge as they're trying to make it seem. And that being said, I do not believe, and I'm very outspoken about this, giving children medications or giving children an idea of who they are. They will figure it out. Why do you have to push that? You know, and, and one of the arguments is that, well, everything is heteronormative, whatever they call it, cisgender heteronormative. I said, of course it is. That's the world. Yeah. <laughs> the world yeah. we live in is actually cisgender heteronormative. And you're also labeling things and that doesn't make other people feel comfortable. So we are the outliers and we'll always be the outliers. And that's okay with me. I figured it out. I move forward and I live a healthy life. And on so that's all we should be doing is making sure people live a healthy life and are not yes. struggling. We that, want that, as many happy people in society as possible, whatever that that's takes. Right. I'm, that's I'm happy to hear you say that. Uh, to be honest, I, I had no idea what your, your mm-hmm. views were. Like I became aware of you probably a decade ago, you were on the Joe Rogan experience. And I was like, mm-hmm. wow, this, this guy's pretty interesting. But I'd, since then, I don't, I don't know what your views are. So mm-hmm. I agree with those views. Um, I'm going to defer to you on these things because you've, you've lived it, but I, I agree yeah. with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you transitioned sometime in your 20s. Um, I look at you like, you look like a dude. You got a beard. Right like, on. You, you know, you look, like, <laughs> you look like a man. Like, I don't think anyone's going to look at you and go, oh, that's a woman who transitioned to a man. So here's my question. They want to like transition kids who are like, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old before puberty. They want to block the puberty, which I think is dangerous because like I said, kids are dumb. I have kids are dumb. They don't know what the hell they want. You did it in your 20s. So two questions here. Do you think that by waiting so late, like you uh, put off any masculine qualities that you would have had if you started before puberty? Um, And do you see dangers or benefits to transitioning kids before puberty? So first off, I 100% feel it's very dangerous to transition a child medically before they're prepared to do that because they can't make that choice. I have a kid too. I have a 10 year old son. Okay. That, so I'm around, I coach soccer. I'm totally invested in the kids and I play with, you know, and I'm very, very focused on kids and watching them. And, you know, so I'm ba- around it. So as, as far as I know, kids don't need to be pushed into a medical space just because you don't want them to grow an Adam's apple or big hands or, you know, that's the reason for puberty block. It's all about the physical attributes. What about the brain? I'm more concerned with my child's brain than I give a crap if his shoulders are big and he decides he needs to transition, right? That that stuff is 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 can be fixed on some level. You can never fix a brain and you can't fix health. These are healthy children. These are actually physically healthy children. The problem is their brain might be a little bit off, right? So what do you do when your brain is a little, you, you, you attack the brain. You have to talk about the brain. You have to go to therapy. You don't give medicine for that. So they're not working on the brain. They're literally going towards the physical attributes which I find to be extreme. If you look at puberty and you understand what puberty is about, you'd be up. I mean, anyone should be appalled that we're giving a child something to stunt their growth because we don't want them to look male or female. The problem is gender stereotypes. And this is what I keep saying. If we start in, uh, encouraging girls to, to place football and do, you know, dude things, right. And the same with dudes, there'll be a huge difference in the way kids come to these spaces. I do think gender, hard line gender stereotypes can affect the way a person feels about themselves, right? We don't encourage girls to 
be right. as masculine as possible. Yeah, I, we ha- we've had an author on here. She wrote a book called Tomboy, and it's about her daughter who was a tomboy. Um, and she was on one side of this issue about three years ago when we first had her. And now she's on the other side. She's like, I don't like where all this is going. She's a very oh. progressive lady. And she's like, she's like, you know, they're, they're telling my daughter she's this when she's not. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know when we got to a point in this country where it's like we medicine is a I, I work in healthcare and it's like medicine now is a one size fits all. We've never been that way. That's like, right. okay, you there's co there's there's this disease. Everybody has to take this one medicine. Okay. Uh there's some girls who, you know, who don't like hopscotch and you know, like playing fake guns. Oh, they gotta be a boy. Like I don't think it's that simple. Humanity nope. is not that simple. Now, okay, on to the uncomfortable questions because you sure. just you, you just mentioned you had a 10-year-old son. Yep, yep. I was not aware of that at all. Um, that's awesome. So, first question, I, this is uncomfortable to ask, but I'm no, curious. Don't Did be you- uncomfortable. Please don't be. I I, <laughs> okay. I I want you to understand that anything you ask me, I'm I'm gonna answer. And I don't feel in any way sh- I'm here to educate. Awesome. I'm here for your listeners to to to, to, to ask. The hard question is, is how we educate. Many of people in my community won't have this conversation, yes. which I think is dangerous because right. if we don't have, I, I'm now building a bridge with you, my friend. And I guarantee you after we fish, there'll be listeners who are like, oh, if everyone would just be so off, honest about it, we'd all move forward and we wouldn't be having these dumb conversations. Yeah. <laughs> right it, on, dude. Conversation, <laughs> healthy conversation where people are not like mad at each other and ready to be offended is That's the only right. way we move forward. And, and we're kind of doing the opposite in society. So anyway, yep, yep. the 10 year old, is this your biological son or did you adopt? <laughs> Yeah, no, that's not an uncomfortable question. I, I never got pregnant, nor do I want to be pregnant. I don't not necessarily want to be a pregnant man. That's not, it gives me actually like yucky feelings because that feels very female to me. But again, whatever dudes want to do with their own space, I don't really care. But um, no, I adopted him. My my partner, who's a biological female, she, um, it's her child. And I, when I got together, I adopted him. Now, that being said, his biological dad is in our family. So we're like a three parent. We, um, me and him are super close buddies. Like we have the most amazing relationship. So it's all about our kid. It's not really about us. Right. So we wanted to make sure that he still has his biological dad who wants to be in his life and that I don't take that space, if that makes sense. So he has yes. two dads. He's like awesome. excited. I have two dads. Like it's a big deal. <laughs> right. I think I think that was a sitcom in the 80s. Not quite the same, but yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, actually, yeah. would make a good sitcom. One dad is a tranny. The other dad <laughs> is a Russian <laughs> computer programmer. <laughs> hey, I, I would watch that and I would not be surprised if that's on Disney Plus by next right. year. Right. <laughs> oh God. Um all right. All right. So okay, you said psychologists at first tried to tell you you were yeah. a lesbian. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm learning your mm-hmm. partner is a woman. So clearly mm-hmm. wait. Okay. So you're into women. So do you mm-hmm. now consider yourself you're a straight man? Is that how you well you know no I'm a, I'm matter? Full- I would say that I'm more bisexual, to be honest with you, because I ha- okay. have had sex with men, too, and as as in my transition. But I would say most definitely I'm much more, I think, uh, emotionally connected to women and my, my spaces um, with women, I think, with partnership or relationships. So, uh, you know, on, at the at when you look at us as we walk down the street, we look like just every you know, well, not every, cause we're pretty crazy looking, but that, that, you know, we're just like a normal family on some level. Right. So in that, at, at face value, we probably look like a straight family, but obviously we're not. So whatever that means, right. We're just uh-huh. kind of like this, you know, he, he doesn't know that I'm trans by the way. Cause he, I don't mean need your to, son. 
Yeah, I don't okay. need to. Because what, what does that even mean? Right. And, I, and I, on some level, it might confuse him. And I'm not that I'm not not that I'm embarrassed of it or I just don't think it's a necessary thing because I transition. You need to understand I did not transition to be a trans person. I transitioned right. to live as a man. And this is what people need to understand. What's ever happening in this new trans space? These people are taking it on as an identity choice. Mm-hmm. I don't want I never want people to know that I was trans until I started doing my activism. But but that's not why I trans- transitioned i want people to look at me as a man i want to be a man i want to you know does that make sense yes absolutely and and on some yes that makes perfect sense you want to you you want to be a man that's right right. (laughs) what i I don't get with some of this current activism is on Mm. one hand they want to be recognized as like these trans women trans woman is a woman it's not a different thing it is a woman but then on the other hand they want all this uh special treatment and rules for being trans it's like you got got to pick a lane there so your son your son doesn't he doesn't know so that's brings up an interesting um Mm -hmm. question like Mm -hmm. at some point he's gonna know are you yeah. gonna are you do you have yeah. plans to tell him or is you of just course. gonna find out in the regular world no no, no. I, that, that's not appropriate so no of, of course i mean he hears me in podcasts talking about trans 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 he hears it you know what i mean mm-hmm. there's it, it, that's inevitable you're, you're gonna you're gonna see that especially with my work i have stuff around he but what I'm, i think what i'm trying to say is he doesn't know i am trans he knows about he hears the word trans i think but that being said when he's old enough and when the time comes of course a hundred percent but I just don't feel like it's, it needs to be, I just don't feel it needs to be said. That's just my space. Yeah. Some guys, no, might, I get it. Yeah. Some guys might want to tell their kids that they're trans, but I personally just, cause I don't want him to think of me as a trans man. I want him to think of me as a man and his yes. dad. Right. I get it. I get it a hundred percent. Cause it's something yeah. that we, we constantly rail about on this show is like the yeah. importance of honesty and a, a parent child relationship. If you're not honest, they, they find out they don't trust you. Now you got all kinds of problems. Oh but- my God. Brilliant. Brilliant. So you, you're in LA and you know, you know that they're doing that nonsense where they're like, don't, don't tell your parents where you're fan at school. Like they're doing stuff at school where they're like, right. teaching. I'm freaked out by that. That is, I, I teach my child to never lie to me. So yes. now I'm going to send That's him my to only school. rule. That's oh my, my God. That rule. is our actual, that is our <laughs> ground rule. You will yeah. never, because the thing is, is like, dude, you don't have to lie to me. If you did something yes. messed up, well, that's great. Tell me about it. We'll figure it out. You'll never do it again, but I will never spank you. I will never put you, I will never do bad things to you because I, you have to trust me, kiddo. Yes. And that has solidified ev- everything. He's told me stuff like, oops, dad, I accidentally walked out of the store with this card. I'm like, you're awesome, dude. Let's go back and pay for it. And you know what I mean? Like he's yeah. literally telling me stuff like that. So, so, so that being said, when the school, the actual school system is sort of solidifying that to a child that, shh, you know, uh, don't tell your parents, but we'll let you be Tommy at school. What do you think that's doing to a child? And that, parents. I think that should be criminalized, quite honestly. Like that's that's not the school's business to be telling a child to lie to the parent. But the, the reason I brought that up is like you're you're not yet being honest, but it's but it's in the same way that I I have a little history with drugs. Okay. Mm-hmm. I yep. do plan on on telling my kids about that someday, but it's got to be age appropriate. That's, that's right. Not, that's not appropriate for a 10-year-old. So you that's feel right. that your transition is not something your 10-year-old is yet ready for, but there will come a point in time and you will share that. I'm, I'm a person in the world. He's, mm-hmm. he's going to find out who I am. Right. Yep. And he's going to find out and see me. And that that's why it, that's why I don't feel like I'm lying to him right now. I feel like I'm just waiting for the time that it comes. It's like talking about sex. I'm not going to just start talking about sex to him when right. he asks me. 
right? Then the conversation starts. But yes. until then, doesn't even get spoken about because it's not something that's in his actual brain. Yes. Okay. So I agree with all that. Um, I'm a guy who who I believe in liberty. I believe in freedom, personal choice. I always have been. I'm 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 not gay. We've hosted gay weddings here. You know, what I mean, like awesome. I'm 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 down with all that. But as much so, if a person feels they would be happier as the other gender, mm-hmm. you do what you got to do for happiness. But I'm also of the opinion that telling some people that they have to use this pronoun or that pronoun, yep. that also against, goes against the, the principles of liberty. Yep. That's like, right. And I don't, I don't like that. So I'm, I feel mm-hmm. as strongly about that. What do you feel about all this compelled speech <laughs> that's going on in society? With it's gross. Pronouns and all that? <laughs> Dude, me and you are pretty aligned. I think I'm probably maybe even political. I don't know because I'm more in the middle now. I used to be a hardcore Democrat and uh, a super, super liberal. I wouldn't call myself a left wokey. That's one yeah. of the reasons why I got pushed out. Right. Le- no, left. same. I, yeah. I never considered myself a Democrat, but I considered yeah. myself a liberal. Now I consider myself a liberal in the sense that I believe in liberty. (laughs) I love you, dude. (laughs) That's right. Let's be real here. So, 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 so I'm sorry. I totally lost the, uh, the The pronouns, the compelled speech. Oh gosh. I think I block it out. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's compelled speech. What what are we doing? We are literally like 1% of the population yet. Now we're dominating. And that has nothing to do with trans people. That has nothing to do with us wanting to live our lives. That is some other space that I have no idea what they're doing. Look, I transitioned to look like a man. If you ask me my pronouns, I'm insulted. And also then my sex change sucked. (laughs) (laughs) because because i didn't do a good job i'm the guy who always wants to do a good job at everything so i'm like i make a huge effort to look this way it's not natural you don't have to take hormones every week i have to work out i have to just do levels of things that not you know a biological man necessarily has to but that that being said no i'm totally against it i i I, if you need your pronouns you go right ahead my friend if you need to tell me your phone you go right ahead but don't you dare ask me my pronouns and don't you dare start forcing our government people our 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 vice president like wow i'm actually shocked that that our government has literally taken on this on some level ideology and really run with it and i think that's why they're losing they are losing yeah that's that's part of it for sure and uh, and you you hit it right there like no one's gonna ask buck angel his pronouns like you look like a dude that's not (laughs) right so the people who are forcing this are the people who you look at them and you can't tell. And the reason you can't tell is because they're not going whole hog because they don't fully believe in it. Mm -hmm. And, and then they come up with this idea that uh, there's no such thing as a man or a woman. Well, then if there's no such thing, it shouldn't matter how you identify (laughs) and the pronouns have no meaning and don't matter. So what That's the fuck right. are we talking about? Like, what are we? So like literally, they, I think they call that circular reasoning, right? Yes. It's just literally in a circle. I'm like, and then there's such a lot of hypocrisy coming out of there. I can't be a part of that, my friend. You know, I'm an outlier in that community now where I did a ton That's of work unfortunate. for that community. That's it is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. And it's actually upsetting to me as an older, I'm 60 years old. I transitioned. There's very few of us really actually in the, in the out and doing the work. And I did a lot of work for this community. And then yes. to have people 
people turn on me. No, you know what that did? That lit a fire under my butt. And it said to me, oh, you're going to mm-hmm. come after me. That means something's amiss here. That yep. mean, And there are a lot of people like me. Don't, don't think there aren't a lot of people in, in the community that think like me, but they actually can't lose their jobs. They can't mm-hmm. be in that space. And I'm in a space that I can speak out. And also they may be passing pretty well and they don't want to come out about it. That's right. right. That's yeah. right. That's well, okay, right. let's let's compare it for a moment to the gay movement. When mm-hmm. when people when gay marriage came about, there was a good deal of conservatives who were vehemently opposed to it, allergic right. to the idea of gay sex, all that. Mm-hmm. I think we've gotten to the point where most people are now comfortable with gay people. Not yeah. everybody, you're never going to get there, but most people are That's comfortable right. with it. Just like, you know, in the 60s were a shit ton of racist most people are now comfortable with people of the other race. Like we get to a point where we're comfortable with things. Yep. What is happening in the trans community is I think most people would get to the point where they were fine with this, but this community is pushing so hard. And so in your face, they're turning people in the other direction. That's right. We're taking perfectly reasonable people, people like me who were okay with it in the, in the first place to now be pushing back a little bit because of what's going on in the schools. Like why do that? Why can they not? see what happened with the gay movement and say, Hey, maybe that's, maybe that's the path we take. You know, you make such a great point. And why I sit here today, I feel like I'm like guy in the circus or whatever that's cleaning up after the circus is done (laughs) and all the poop is on the floor and I'm having to clean up the poop so we can actually get back to normal again. So, so it's a very militant, it's militant. This is not, this should never be in this space. I have an actual disorder called gender dysphoria that could not be fixed without this situation. I am happy I got a diagnosis because without my diagnosis, it's like getting a diagnosis for diabetes, right? You feel like shit. You're not sure why you don't feel good. And then you go to the doctor like, oh, I get it now. Now I, now I can fix it. I got met. That's really how I am. And so I accepted my disorder and I moved forward with my disorder and I live in the world prior to what you see in the militant space. Now I live the world. People love me. Like I just went through the world. People made so many amazing friends did so much stuff. I've never had a problem in the world because I've always been very honest about myself. Of course, you're never going to get everybody to like you. And that's not, that's not what I want to do. I barely get five out of 10 to like you. (laughs) Right on dude. So I, I am I am actually at odds with that message yeah. because it's not a message of love and it's not a message of acceptance and it's not a message of honesty or truth. When you start saying biology is a social construct, you're attacking 99% of the world. Are you insane? Also, you can't be a trans person without biology. It's it's actually the actual equation that makes me a transsexual person. I'm a biological female who didn't want to live that way. Yes. It's real basic. And I don't, I'm well, not embarrassed. Yeah. Why would I be embarrassed? You, of that? you just acknowledge the basic fact that they are denying, which invalidates the entire argument of the trans community. Like you That's have right. to, you have to acknowledge that there is such thing as biological sex before you can acknowledge that you can want to be the other that's right that's right Um, and then nobody has a problem dude you you, mm. people are so cool with me because i acknowledge my truth and i'm not trying to take away your truth like i'm not a man like you i'm a transsexual man and when you take out that you know it's a descriptor right it's like okay maybe we're both dudes right now but i'm a transsexual dude you're a biological dude those two descriptors are very very important for me and you to exist in the same room together we must acknowledge these things because it helps us to understand 
understand each other. And I want to coexist with you, dude. I don't want to be over here hating on you because I'm not like you. I want you to say, okay, Buck's cool. Like he totally acknowledges his stuff. Now me and him can hang out and we'll never talk about it again. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. hundred percent. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Um, so when you were, when you were young and you were struggling with this, uh, uh, there was, I think I saw on your Wikipedia page, you, you had, uh, ideas of, of suicide mm-hmm. and you seem like a happy fucking guy right now. <laughs> Maybe it's an act, but you seem really no, happy. I'm happy. <laughs> all right. So it, it worked for you. We hear all the time, all the trans people who kill themselves. It's, it's really quite tragic. It's very sad. But then what we also some of us here, but we don't hear in the mainstream is that a lot of people transition and they, they too are suicidal. Like they were not happy with it. Maybe they were pushed into it. Maybe they didn't understand what yeah. they were. Yeah. Um, I imagine that a lot of trans people before transition, after transition are committing suicide because it's a really hard fucking way to live your life. It is. Um, so what's my question? Do you, do you, do you, you, you felt alleviation from the change. A lot of people don't. Yeah. Um, do you think people are misidentifying themselves? Do you think they're being pushed into it? What What do you think is going on there? Yeah, it's a difficult question because I can only really talk about my own suicidal thoughts. And I and here's what I need to also say because we there's a there's a sort of mantra or message coming out of the trans space that says there's a forty percent you know, uh, increase in suicide within the trans. No, there is not 40, 40% of trans people killed themselves. Wouldn't you think we'd notice a shit ton of people dead? Is that what they say? 40%? <laughs> yeah, they're like, 40, I'm like 40, 40% have suicide. Wait a minute. It's suicidal ideation. It's suicidal thoughts, which is different than actually committing suicide. I mean, there's a and high I, percentage of teenagers, period, who have That's thoughts. right. Yeah. That's what I say all the time. I go, pretty much all demographics have a high suicide rate in, in the world. I mean, come on, man. You can't pinpoint that only on trans people. Now, that being said, yes, there, there are. It is. It's a real thing. I mean, there's, but that could be a lot of things happening, right? So my point being is we're not attacking mental health. We're attacking the physical space. And we're saying, oh, well, this kid is suicidal suicidal, let's give him some drugs and move him forward and give him breast surgery and all these things. And then he'll be okay. But wait a minute, my friend, you forgot here. And then now these kids are detransitioning because they weren't given the mental health space before they mm-hmm. were given the drugs. And it's backwards. I did it yep. the other way. I had to yes. go to years of therapy. I had to live as a man. I had to do this thing, which is the most amazing. I don't know why they took that system down. Well, I have thoughts about it. But that being said, that was what I call the safeguarding, which they call gatekeeping. Mm-hmm. I call it safekeeping. If we don't have safekeeping, then we're literally going to have a mounds of these detransitioners, who, which I also call on some level, like if you think of a cult, right? And someone leaves a cult, what happens to the person who leaves a cult? They get ostracized. Yep. They're like, ah, you're the best. That's what they're doing to detransitioners and the trans. They sure space. are. Yeah. Yep. I mean, well, they're literally banning them from Twitter, people That's who right. detransition because That's right. well, you said you have thoughts. I don't know if your thoughts match mine, but mm-hmm. at first I didn't know what to make of all that stuff because it was so illogical, but I really feel there's bad actors in society right now who are just trying to bring about societal chaos because yep. they see an opportunity and a power grab in it. And I, yeah. I hopefully more people are, are waking up to that, but it started becoming obvious to me when, when COVID came about and, and all the control measures that were put That's in, right. Um, That's right. you know, now we got the monkey pox and well, anyway, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now this one's definitely uncomfortable <laughs> a lot. Okay. Um, most girls 
statistical fact, most girls who end up on the pole, you know, end up mm-hmm. dancing, mm-hmm. have some kind of sexual abuse history. Right. Is the same is is you you already said you had gender dysphoria, so that's not a normal thing. Is is that something that you feel is stemming from sexual abuse in in children? You don't have to talk about yourself personally, but no, is can't. that contributing to this in any way? Well, you know, I went through a lot of therapy. I'll be on 10 years prior to even transitioning. I had been to a many, many different because I dealt with a lot of stuff as a kid and I wasn't happy and I got into alcohol and drugs and I became homeless and I prostituted oh, on wow. the street as a as a girl. But I was dressed like a boy. So I would do like sort of looking like a boy and men would pick me up. So I have had a life. Let me tell you yeah. <laughs> the fact that's why the fact that I'm here, you can, I don't care what people think about me. You sure. go right, right ahead and try my life. Well, the, the- I, I, <laughs> And yeah. the end of that, the fact that you're like alive is a little bit miraculous. So That's, yeah, I can it's see what miraculous, you're dude. I, yeah. I mean, I was a crackhead, like seriously, like wow, dude. So so that so 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 that being said, the, the question again. The sexual abuse history is that contributing to gender dysphoria? I mean, honestly, I I had some sexual abuse as a youngster and that happened and I worked through it and I think I've cleared my brain around it and I don't blame people and I don't I've I've learned not to blame if that makes sense. I've learned to take responsibility, not that it was my fault, but I've learned to just say it happened. That's Mm -hmm. the past. I move forward. I've been very lucky in my therapy that I've really learned to sort of just acknowledge things and move forward from them. But I do. I'm not going to say all trans people have sexual abuse or all sexual Never all no, no, of course. But but I do think there's there could be a, a, a high rate of some trauma, some trauma attached to to, to, to transitioning. I, I do think so. But I think that we're not talking about it. And we're just going ahead and doing the physical transition before. That's why I keep going back to mental health, mm-hmm. that I have a mental health problem. And the community gets so weird when you say it as if I'm saying something bad. There's yeah. nothing bad with my disorder or bad. It's something that is just there and you acknowledge it and you, you move forward. And if well, I we, didn't acknowledge it, it wouldn't be this person. Yeah, we and we again, I work in the middle medical community. We only do that with mental health where yes. like if you go to the doctor and you have a broken leg, they're not mm-hmm. afraid to say you have a broken leg, right? Because there's no stigma attached with it. Right. But if you have some kind of mental disorder, be it gender dysphoria or whatever, mm-hmm. there's a stigma attached with that. So, so they won't even acknowledge that out loud anymore. They just say, oh, you, you have a lady's body and a man's brain or, or, or whatever. Um, so dumb. Dumb. Yeah. Just yeah. dumb. And actually, that's not doing me or my community any favors, just so you right. know. I don't know who's in charge of all this nonsense. I don't know who's making all this stuff up because it is. They're making stuff up. If they would have kept it the way it was, which was healthy, all the guys I know that transitioned, you know, be after me or 20 years transition, we're all on the same page. We right. all know what we did. And like, we're all functioning people. All of us have careers. We're all moving forward. We don't talk about being trans. That was the way it was. And it was a healthy way to do this. Well, I have to let you know, that's why I, I really identify as a transsexual and not as a transgender person, because the transgender space is an umbrella now of all of these different identities and things for gender. And none of that reflects my space. I actually just went from living as a female to living as a male. And that okay. it's real basic. <laughs> right, right, right. Transgender, <laughs> transgender is, has an umbrella of like 80 some terms. Transsexual, right. you went from one sex to another. There's two. You can go this That's way. Right. That way. Okay, Done. that makes sense. Yep. Um, yeah, well, back to the childhood thing. Mm-hmm. We're all products of the way we were raised. And every right. parent in history makes mistakes. And That's we're right. all a little bit fucked up. <laughs> like, I had great 
parents, mm-hmm. but they didn't do everything perfect. And I, sure. I still deal with some of that to this day. Like it affects who you are. And I could say the same thing about my parents who had great parents, but also got a little bit fucked up. We're all yeah. fucked up as a yeah. So there's no harm in acknowledging that something might've happened to this child right. that caused this. Like you have to acknowledge yep. a problem to find yep. a solution. If you just block it out and you say, we're going to push this in a corner that this, this kid yep. was sexually abused and we're not going to acknowledge that. Cause that has nothing to do with the fact that he wants to transition. Well, then how can you appropriately handle that's, it? It doesn't mean he can't right. transition. That's it right. might be the best move for him to transition, but let's acknowledge it. And then, and then assess. And That's you're, right. You're I nodding. Mean, I'm giving a speech here. You're nodding, but I, I, I want to. It all people. makes sense. You get it. I mean, I mean, my gosh, the way the community acts like people like you don't get it. You all get it. You all want to be uh, compassionate. You all want to be empathetic, but you can't be compassionate, empathetic to people who are lying about what's happening. I mean, I don't blame people for not liking us right now because what's coming out of that community is so doesn't resonate with me. So how do you think I feel right as a transsexual person <laughs> being sort of told that? this is how it is now and i'm like wait a minute here that that you know so yeah we're not attacking the mental space of it and so uh, you know there is a lot of underlying stuff that goes on why so i have two sisters i have i'm a middle child and i and i have an older sister a younger sister who are very masculine very type a you know my one sister was a lapd for 30 years she was a military police you know she if you looked at her you'd think she's a big les but she's not (laughs) she's she's just she's a total straight lady who has kid like but she's butch beyond drive the truck yeah. has a shotgun like yeah then my other sister super type a owns her own company is a you know seriously successful woman and a man's world and that's how we were brought up as girls right to be mm-hmm. to not get into that gender stereotype but i transitioned my sisters did it and we, yet we were raised in the same environment we were told how to be we were so i always go back to that and people need to understand remember i keep i think i started earlier gender stereotypes we need to i think this has what's happening today has a lot to do with these rigid gender stereotypes so if your little if your little daughter is all of a sudden playing with trucks and wearing pants oh she must be a boy. Like they're actually doing that. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm like, what? It, like- it's, fu- it's fucking wild because when I was a kid, a girl who was playing with trucks, the, the message was, that's okay. Let her play with trucks. That's right. Like, it seems like we're re- right. regressing in we that have. message. We have. Like, and that that's yeah. why it's dangerous because it, that's not fixing the problem. It's making the problem worse, yeah. right? And then when you start to take over women's spaces because you start saying trans women are women, no disrespect to trans women in w- no way, shape, or form, but trans women are trans women. Just like I'm a trans man. I'm not a man. I'm a trans man who wants to live as a man. When we start to sort of muddy the waters and start to sort of try to take space from other people who are not comfortable. If, if dudes aren't comfortable with me hanging out, do you think I feel comfortable sitting at the table? No, I don't. Nobody I wants re- to be where they're not welcome. I will remove myself because yeah. I have a lot more uh, self-love for myself. I don't right. need you to, 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 to make me feel good about myself. And if you guys aren't cool with it, I'm not cool with it. And yeah. I don't understand why. Well, you know what you, you're talking about right there. You're talking about self-validation versus external validation. Right so you, you've got something down that 90% of straight yeah. cis, whatever normal people struggle <laughs> with. So you're healthier yeah. than a lot of us. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I'm 60. I work hard on myself, yeah. but I'm, that's what I want to bring to you. What my experience doesn't, isn't just a transsexual experience. It's an experience of learning how to relove myself and learning how to walk the world with a little bit of a problem. And, and everyone has that. That's why my message is on some level universal. I don't want to get stuck in pigeonholed into being trans. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I want to get stuck into a space that says, oh, Buck fixed his self. Yeah. How can I fix myself and be as happy and productive that buck is? Not that I'm bu- I'm trans and only trans people can hear that message. Yeah. So yeah, what what you're saying is you accept you, you accept you as a dude, your partner right accepts you as a dude, your That's child right. accepts you as a dude. If Johnny yeah. down the street wants to call you a she because she he looked you up on the internet, yeah, Johnny. I don't care. Like you're not going to hold a gun to his head and <laughs> that's right. Pronoun he fuck that right. guy. That's, that's right. That's yeah. I mean, that's healthy. That's a healthy <laughs> person. That's a healthy society. Live and let that's live, right. whatever that guy's an asshole. I'm going to move on. That's so right. talking about acceptance, when you did this family and friends, were you accepted? Were there, was mm. there drama? What mm. happened for you personally? Well, it's quite fascinating because, you know, I was so extremely butch as a girl. I mean, I actually was a fashion model and traveled Europe and like oh, early on. I know it's crazy. You could just Google the pictures. You'll see them. I was actually like a, a very one of the very first androgynous models in the 80s. They really wanted to make me a supermodel. And I was like, ew. It's <laughs> like, ew, but is there cocaine and alcohol? <laughs> I'm there. I'll sign up. So I signed up uh, and then they put makeup on me and dress. Oh, dude, it was so crazy. I was just like, <laughs> as many lines as I could do. And then like, I immediately, you know, eventually crashed and burned and wasn't showing up for the stuff in London. I was one of, with one of the biggest agencies and they sent me back. That's why I became homeless and cracked out. Wow. So my parents actually disowned me and oh, you know that man. might sound really harsh but i'll tell you what it saved my life my parents but was it because of the transition or is because of the drugs no it was before the transition so i was doing this as a drugs. female right and i was just a mess and i would call home and i need a hundred dollars for my phone bill at two in the morning because i was cracked yeah. out right so they finally my mom told me it was so hard for her it's very emotional for my mom to talk about it because she had to literally disconnect from me and mm. never call us again and she said it was one of the most heartbreaking so when i called so then i started going through my transition and i was going through um sobriety at the time and and AA and they teach you to make amends and so I did I called my mom up one day and I think I was just like maybe a couple months on testosterone my my voice is still a little bit crazy but but it was really doing this like when you're going through puberty right as a dude and then my mom's all what's wrong so I said hey mom what's up and she's like who is this and I'm like it's me and then she's like what she's like wow, we actually had given up on you. And I was like, wow, that's really fucked up to hear. But at the same time, she's like, wow. So what's, you know, and I kind of, I said, I'm just calling to make amends that I'm so sorry. What a horrible person I was. And she's like, well, what, what what's wrong with your voice? You have a cold. And I said, well, that's why I'm calling as well, because I'm actually having, and I called it a sex change. And she's like, mm. and I said, yeah, I'm actually transitioning to live as a man. And I'm starting oh, wow. to take testosterone. And my there was silence. This always makes me cry, but hold on for a sec. She, she said, um, my mom said to me, she said, you know what? We love you. And if that's what's going to keep you alive, that's all we care about. It's, and that was like, it's still like, it was such a long time ago, but it still yeah. makes me very emotional because, you know, I never thought I would get my family back. Never. Right. But the horrible things I did to my family was just gross. And, you know, drugs make you do weird things. So 
from that, I now I can tell you, I visit my parents every weekend in Palm Springs. I have this incredibly strong relationship. They see me on all the things that, you know, I was the kid that should be dead. I was the dummy. I didn't graduate high school. I was lost. And, you know, imagine having a kid like me. It's so difficult for a parent to try to understand. But I mean, they, there's nothing they can say except, wow, yeah. <laughs> you know, it did what it's supposed to do. So I think my message to that is that the transition did what it was supposed to do for mm-hmm. a person like me. And awesome. it made me be alive and it made me be successful. And it made me actually ha- be able to walk in the world and have my parents back in my life. Yeah, that that's beautiful. I'm happy for you. Good, good on your mom. Like, yeah, a, a healthy parent. You're a parent now. I'm a parent. A healthy yeah. parent you no matter what shy, anything shy of like murder you don't stop loving <laughs> your child that's right. you know that's what i right. mean so that's right and and i i think all parents feel that way and even mm-hmm. the most homophobic transphobic that's parent right. when they're confronted with that in their own house they're still gonna they're gonna love that child like you just gotta let everybody go at their own pace that's right my friend i mean you know my parents I think struggled with, with disconnecting from me, you know, they called that tough love back in the day and they struggled a lot with it. So it's not easy, but sometimes you got to do those things in order for that person to try to get themselves together without any help. That's what made me hit bottom Yeah. W- without the help. And it made me really just realize, do I want to live or do I not? That was the question in my brain before I went to, you know, sobriety. Definite turning point. Live? And it could have gone either way. And if that's it went right. the other way, your mom would never be able to live with herself. Never. So that's, it's a ballsy move. Seems like she made the right one. <laughs> she saved um, my life. I always say that. My parents on some level saved my life. Yeah. So home- homelessness, you were homeless, didn't know that either. Uh, we have a, I don't know when last time was you were to Los Angeles, but I've been here 20 years. It was crazy when I got here. Now it's mm-hmm. 10 times as crazy. You cannot I live here. Your- no, no, I'm here. Oh, you're I in live- LA. Yeah, I'm in okay. LA. Yeah. So you, you see it. Um, I, I know for a fact, cause I work in those communities. Sometimes mm. a high percentage of those homeless people are trans. Um, I don't know if they're trans as a result of being crazy and that's why they're homeless or if they're yeah. trans cause they got rejected and they can't mm-hmm. get work. I don't know what's going on, but I know society, all the, all the, uh, progressive things this state tries to do to help the less fortunate is not working and might be making things worse. How did you get out of your situation, your homeless situation? Yeah. So, so a lot of times when you see, you see more trans women on the street than, than trans men, because a lot of them work in the sex work business. And so, you know, they, that, that, that's a very difficult space to be in. So what, what happened with me is I had, I came back from London, basically homeless and nowhere to go. And I started couch surfing with friends and that, takes its toll on your friendships. And eventually I had no more friends because I used every couch. And then I ended up like literally finding a bit, I had a a bag with a couple of my clothes, maybe even a toothbrush. I can't really remember just junk. Right. And I lived under the bench in West Hollywood at this park over here. And I just lived under that. And I would go and you, you know, when you're, when you're in that space, you are also in survival space. If that makes sense. I had no idea about prostitution. I had no idea that men picked up. So I just would walk down the street and dudes would drive by in West Hollywood and be like, Hey dude, and then like, I just kind of caught on and crack cocaine was, I think 10 or 20 bucks a rock. And I would just do 20 bucks <laughs> so I could get whatever I needed to get. And, you know, I'd be in and out of cars and, and that was for about maybe about a month. I was doing that. So until you I, didn't, you didn't make a conscious decision. I'm going to start hooking like no nope. creepy dudes would just like, yep. Call you out. Totally did. Wow. Fucking creepy. What kind and of were, guy has the balls to, to old do men? That? 
old men because I looked like a young boy. So, you know what I mean? It was that kind of dynamic and it's kind of creepy. And so even of age. Oh yeah. I was in my guy. I always looked young for my age. So I was 28, I think, or something to that effect. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, you look young now. Uh, Right on. Thank you. I I was, I was, I I look 16. You know what I mean? And they didn't know they weren't asking. They, and I know I very spoke because I still was a girl. So I did. I barely spoke just, you know, really just like, yeah, what do you want? And all they basically wanted was a hand job or something, dude. It was just like real, real easy. And so I would just and then yeah, finally I got into yourself. A, creepy, dude. It, <laughs> totally. <laughs> but at the time, dude, I'm all about the 20 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, You know, I'm out of my mind. I'm out of my mind. Seriously. Yeah. I can't even believe I remember half of the shit. The you prob- probably the, don't. Oh, God. And then I the the cardinal mistake of prostitution, never go home with somebody on the street. And I did. I mm. went home with this young guy who seemed super cool, wanted to, you know, give me food and hang out. And he had Coke. And I swear to God, I'll never forget walking through that door. He was behind me, dude. And he said in my ear, I know you're a girl and I'm going to basically rape you. And I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm screwed. I thought that's it. I'm dead. That's it. Anyway, long story short, I did wow. the dirty deed with him and I begged him, please take me back to the donut shop. And then he, he actually did. It was so crazy. And that was really the beginning of me understanding that if I didn't get sober, I was going to die. And that was the turning point of me basically being here today. So step one was getting sober. Step um, one. By the way, any 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 street prostitute needs to watch American Psycho before they start working that job. You're lucky, man. That's um, right. Step one was getting sober. Then how'd you get off the street? So I called an ex-girlfriend who was basically go screw yourself. Never call me again. And I called her from the street and I said, I need help. And she said, I told you that's the only way you could ever call me back. And she said, I'm so glad to hear that. And she got me into a rehab. She did. She pulled strings, did stuff, got me into a rehab down on in peak on Pico down by the beach. I think it was called Claire maybe or something. And I got sober in a place that was like literally for homeless people. And it didn't matter where I was on any of that. I, I got sober in the real space where we had to share cots, boys and men and women. And it was real. It was every day you did, you know, sessions for eight hours and you yeah. participated and you, you know, you got to that humbling space and, you know, sobriety saved my life. There's no doubt about it. It saved my life. Okay. Good. For, good for you. Uh, uh, those programs almost, re- they rarely work. They rarely, work. rarely, I'm not a rarely. big fan of them. No, are no, you, they don't work. They yeah. don't, they don't. Are work. you, are you still like sober? Do you drink casually? Like do you consider yourself a hardcore addict and you can't touch it? No, no, no. So I did 30 years of sobriety. And um, about five years ago, I was really having my insomnia started to take a hold of me. And um, I started to use sleeping pills. And that really got me back into this weird space of drugs. I'm like, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate waking up. I uh, I hate it so much. Then my buddy was like, dude, cannabis. I'm like, dude, that's drugs. And he's like, it is not. You're taking sleeping pills. Those are drugs. Yeah. So I did start using cannabis as a medication and a, and a means and a way to sleep. My God, it changed my life. So I did get into the cannabis business as a wellness space. So I use cannabis. I don't drink, but I use cannabis and I don't do any no drugs or yeah. off. The, I don't need to. Well, I, I actually did it all. I did yeah. every drug in the book. <laughs> I'm not in, not interested. You've experienced them. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, cannabis, it is a drug. 
Um, yeah, but so is, so is sugar. So is caffeine. That's right. That's here's right. the problem we have. Like, again, like with the COVID or with the transitioning, mm. we, we put these one, uh, one treatment applies to all. That's right. I also struggled with addiction, mm-hmm. right? But I never out loud said, I'm an addict. What I said is, I have a problem here. I'm doing too much of this. I got to stop doing that. And I Excellent. stopped for like a, a year and a half. Excellent. And then I went back to casually drinking and I just keep yep. it under control. Every once in a while, I get pretty shit faced. You're not I, an addict. You're not right. an addict because you actually have that control. I do have an addictive personality. Like, dude, I can't stop drinking coffee. Like, it's insane. <laughs> I'm like my addictive personality. Yeah. But, but I agree with you. Not everything. That's why I'm very, I'm an educator around cannabis. It is not for everybody. If it can, it might actually make you do other things. So, so it's a very delicate space. You know yeah. what I mean? And so drinking is just not my thing. And it's not, I, I prefer, but I could probably have a beard dude. And I don't even think at this point, I don't call myself sober. I just say that. Well, I, you're, you're in a healthier mental state now. That's right. You've seen the repercussions of those decisions. I'm, I'm not going to encourage you to have a beer by any means, but I'm, it's not I'm even confident. an issue. I'm confident you could do that too. Like we yeah. need to start. We, 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 the society always talks about how we're all individuals. We are, we That's need, right. we need our, we need our medical community That's to right. remember that and start treating people as individuals. What happened to the medical world, dude? They got captured by the aliens and they got captured by the trans aliens. I'm not kidding because the stuff that's going on in there five years, 10 years ago, they would have never let that, the no. puberty blockers, let's just, they would have never, the, 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 the actual factual data shows that it is insane to give that to a child. Yeah. These doctors are actually lying. I mean, yes, I'm appalled. It's, it's chemically castrating young boys. And I, that's, that's fucked up. It's just a fucked, fucked up, up thing, right? Like I'm, I'm, I've, I've always been against uh, circumcising babies. Like let yeah. them make that, Me too. that Me choice too. on their yep. own. Yep. Um, how is chemical castration? How are you okay with chemical castration, but you're against <clears throat> circumcision? Like there's some, a lot of liberals have that position. Like it's come all on. Balance, dude. one is clearly worse than the other. And oh my got God. the wrong one. You're giving a child who's actually healthy a hundred. The only thing they said is, I feel like a boy. Uh, People, wake the fuck up. Are you insane? You're literally destroying your child. And these parents of trans kids are insane. Let me tell you, they come after me constantly. They're like, you're transphobic. I go, first off, how dare you? I'm an actual trans person. Don't you ever call me transphobic. Secondly, I'm testing you right now. You are taking your child down a path of medicalization. If I don't, he'll kill himself. I go, prove it. (laughs) <laughs> he will not kill himself. He will be more happy that you laid back a little bit because now they're saying these kids will kill themselves. Well, show me the data. Yeah. That's not possible. They're not doing that. Yeah. At and, all. and I do, uh, to be honest, I do. I feel for these parents because they're inundated with this propaganda and they love their kids and they want right. to make the right decision. But that's right. They're not getting the real information or all the information because we're lying now. We're, but we're some of lying. these parents don't want the information. So, I'll, and this is my own personal experience with them. They, I'm like, let me give you, I have so many studies, so many, so much data, so much Finland and Sweden stop giving the children. So what's the blockers. deal with those parents who don't want the data? What's going on with them? So my, my theory is Munchausen. Is it Munchausen, right? By proxy, which is basically when you're, you want your child to be sick because then you get to sort of have this sort of relationship with your child. Yeah. It's actually, when I started to look at it in a way that was like, 
oh, something's weird here. They're putting their children out on the internet. They're putting their child on a pedestal that they're trans. That's the last thing you should be doing with your child. What if the child grows out of it and at 15, they look back and you put them all over the internet as a trans kid. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. That's not your place to put your kid on the internet like that. And, and this, the fact that they're celebrating, they are celebrating their child being trans. I, I totally have an issue with that. This is not a celebration. This is like, yeah, okay, my kid's trans. Let's move forward on it and let's yeah. make him, uh, you know. The, the celebrating it is the virtue signaling thing and there's social currency in that. And that, that's, right. that's disturbing that's that anybody, right. you know, it's like it's like my kid, I, I coach his basketball team. He scored mm-hmm. 10 points last week. I texted everybody. I was proud of him <laughs> and I was proud of Different. him. And also it, it, it's like makes me look good. I'm a good dad. <laughs> right on. Ten points. I'm teaching them. That's what they're doing, but in yeah. a really fucked up way, dude. In a such a fucked up way. I mean, what? What? That's a whole different level. When you start going on TikTok, I saw a parent go on TikTok, put their 13 year old, and anyone who's gonna push against me, I'll show it to you because they're like, oh, we don't do surgery on 13 year olds. You wanna bet? <laughs> I actually have it right here. So there is a 13 year old, um, female yep. to male. There's a lot who- of them got her breast removed at 13 and the parent is like la 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 this is so i'm like you don't understand when you do that stuff it also affects me now everyone hates us because it looks like we're abusing children well they are (laughs) they are they are um and this um i I, the term i think i've heard it before munchausen syndrome yeah i hadn't thought about it in those terms and Mm -hmm. if that's so that's that's very disturbing because that's an yep. unhealthy parent right there. I don't know what's uh, going on there, but that's that's somebody who needs some help. There's and, a lot of them. That's the yeah. other thing. I mean, there's groups of parents on Facebook. that are like 10,000 parents of trans kids. And if you go in there and challenge them, they literally come after you like like they're a mob. They're just so obsessed with having they're obsessed with it. And it's not a it doesn't look healthy to me. It looks like an obsession. And most of the time, a lot of times these parents have uh, disagreements around it. There's a lot of divorce happening around this because the dad doesn't want it. Most of the time, the mom is more okay with it than the dad. And so a lot of times they separate because of this situation. So it's breaking up families as well. Yeah. Unfortunate. Where, where 10 years from now, where are we with this? What does society look like? Uh, what is, how is this accepted? Like mm-hmm. what, what, where, where are we at with the trans issue as a society 10 years? Oh gosh. You know, I, I don't think my brain can go that far, but what I see in the next five years is such a, Oh God, it's, I hate to even say it. It's just such a bummer, a huge pushback on us more than ever. You know, we fought to get the rights we have today and we have a lot of rights. We have so many great things. You know, when I transitioned, we didn't have insurance paying for it. I had to do everything out of my pocket. Now, literally insurance is connected to us and looks at it as a, you know, disorder that can be paid for by, by insurance, which is so amazing. We're going to, we're going to lose all of that. We're going to lose that. We're going to lose laws of being able to take testosterone. We're going to, we, we did such a, just willy-nilly throw it at the thing and this is how it is to accept it or not and that's not how you build a system well it wasn't and accept it or not it's accept it or else and that's that's the right yeah. that's right that's um, right yeah i i hate to say it but i i think you could be right and that's not good Mm-mm. and the reason i say that is i i've been i've been saying for a long time now Identity politics is is bad because what you do is you force people to identify. You force right. them to pick a group. You're literally forced people to say, hey, I'm a straight white man. And and the rest of them 
are not like you're, mm-hmm. you're making people divide and point fingers at each other. That's and right. the way, uh, the way the left is so going after specifically straight white men, um, for a guy wow. like me, a straight white man, mm-hmm. it bugs the shit out of me. Of I get course. a little irritable, but I'm not one of these militant types. There's mm-hmm. some people who were perfectly normal, just get, get along to go along, who are now becoming like militant and they're becoming racist. They're becoming uh, anti-trans, anti-gay. That's like, right. We're, they're literally man. The, the left is manifesting what they say everybody is. That's right. So everybody's racist. That's right. We're getting more racist. Yeah, no, you you just hit it on the head, my friend. And that's because when you go too extreme, this is what happens. And I live in a very middle space, right? I don't expect everybody to accept me, nor will I take shit from anybody. So that being said, I find that middle ground. And that's the way you live a healthy life. You have to be in reality. These people over in that place and that wokey weird stuff are literally destroying so much of what the LGBT community has died. AIDS, I was around during the AIDS epidemic, wiped out all my friends, right? I'll never forget that and the way people treated us and acted about us and it was horrifying yet here we are acting as if that never happened and then like homosexuality is now transphobic did you know that like they're forcing people to like have sex no, I with didn't know. you That's weird. oh my okay. gosh they're like if you don't a gay man if he doesn't have sex with a trans man then he's transphobic i'm like what <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> that, yeah. that is like you're forcing people to even change their sexual outlook on it so it, it's a matter of time it's already crumbling and you know it makes me sad it's unfortunate it makes me so sad because, you know, I don't want to be a part of that. I want people to see what has done to me, how it has made me a successful person. Mm-hmm. And that's what transition is. Yeah. Nothing else. Yeah. Nothing a guy else. like you who has worked so hard for this community. Yes. You now see it going sliding backwards a little bit. And, yep. and part of it is because of, of instead of celebrating the victories, it's you're just you're just focusing on every little thing that's not that's gone right. your way yet and and hating that's on right. other people not you the com- yeah yeah you, yeah you specifically can be such an important bridge in this society there's not a lot of people like you out there and when when we find people like you out there they get silenced and they're not getting silenced <laughs> by the right they're getting silenced right. by the left that's like, right a guy like you can come on a show like this which I'm, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be honest i think a larger percentage of my audience at this point is conservative than liberal sure liberal. sure and i guarantee you i will get at least 100 messages from mm-hmm. conservatives who said you know that guy that guy made me see something in a different light he's he's changing my mind i'm gonna rethink this i know it because I just Thank know you. I've had I've had one other person like you on it, and that that's mm. what happened. And you're mm. a lot more eloquent than that person. Like, <laughs> people, people like you can be a bridge. Um, same with that. like um, black men or black women who who are a that's little bit right. conservative. They yep. serve as a bridge. That's but right. there's this push to dish. There is there's nobody hated on more in society today than a conservative black woman Ooh. or a conservative trans person. That's right. That's right. No, no, no. That people always assume that I'm far, you know, right Republican. I'm not. I'm in no way, shape, or form that. No. I am most definitely a, a, a sort of a libertarian on some level. And that that space there where I just believe that everyone should have the right to live and be. And you can't, we live in a free country. I've traveled the world, friend. I lived in Mexico for 10 years. And I tell all these 
people, you go live in another country for a year, even six months, you'll come back to this country with a hugely different opinion about what's going on here. So I just think it's disgusting the way they're attacking our freedom. They're attacking our rights. That's mm. I live in America for a reason. I'm allowed to have a different opinion. And so yeah. that's why I stand here, my friend. Yeah, I get kicked hard. I'm ostracized. You can't cancel me. That's what their, their, their idea of canceling me is a joke. You'll never cancel me. It won't happen. So, so that being because I won't let it happen. And so why people like you are the one giving me the platform. Do you know not one single liberal woke media will have me on? I'm on so many conservative talk shows. It's insane. But I prefer mm-hmm. that because those are the people that don't understand me. And I'm willing to have the conversation. And there's so many things you could talk about with that liberal person that you would, you're going to be together with that liberal person on probably 75% of things they bring up. But it's That's that 25% right. that they don't right. they don't want to hear it. They're not open to conversation. They're not. And and the person you're talking to might be a straight white man. That's right. But he's not going to listen to this trans person who's That's lived right. it. It's that's right. Ridiculous. But thank thank you so much for coming on. Uh, right on we're out of time. It, it's, yep, yep. It's, thank you. That went way better than I, than I expected. <laughs> I didn't know what to expect. It was terrific. Um, after I get these comments, I'm going to I'm going to share them with you and maybe we could circle back in a year yeah. and do it again. Let's do it again, dude. Okay, I super appreciate you for having the conversation and really trying to make change. And we're not all crazy. <laughs> I'm going to leave you with that. We're not all crazy. For sure. For right sure. on, dude. Have a great day. You I'll too. Talk Thanks. To you later. Bye. Bye.